0: Welcome to the Principles of Success, interviewing the experts, and today's book review is on the Dating Manifesto. The cool thing about this book is that it is a very well written book, and it was written from a female perspective on dating in general. See, most dating books, they're either written by women trying to tell women how to date, or men trying to tell men how to date, or men telling women how to date, or women telling men how to date. And then most general dating books are written by men. This one, however, was written by a 40-ish old woman. and. It was a really well-written book. Plus, there's always the added bonus that she was very obviously a Christian, so there wasn't a lot of the modern moral corruption that I find annoying in a lot of dating books. So that was nice and refreshing. Point number one, I never expected to be single at 30. I never expected to be single at 40. That was her big message at the very beginning of the book. You don't plan on being single. Nobody plans on being single at 30. Like, oh, well, I just, I guess I'll just wait till the end and see who's left. Now, part of that problem is because the dating pool's all screwed up. And I've talked about that in previous-ish. I don't know if those have gone live yet. I've talked about that in other videos or episodes. And part of that is due to us all, everyone, both male and females, rejecting caliber individuals because of reasons. And for the most part... They're stupid reasons. Example, oh, he's 5'2 instead of, actually, oh, he's 6'2 instead of 6'3 and my number is 6'3. I'm like, ah, oh, she's really pretty and fun and in a great fit, but her laugh is kind of annoying. We come up with all sorts of really dumb reasons to reject people, especially online. And it's not that we're not trying to get married. You're just not making it a priority. So you're just like, ah. That one has an annoying laugh. We'll talk to the next one. And then you come up with a reason for that one. And then you come up for a reason for the one after that. And before you realize it, time has passed. You're not making it a priority. And guess what? Marriage just doesn't happen. And so if you don't make it a priority, if you minimize the importance of marriage, which is what we've done as a society, well, then your likelihood of getting married becomes very slim. So make marriage a priority. You're supposed to be with somebody. That's how we're designed. But we've minimized marriage. We say things like, you don't want to get married too soon. Like, I really like to focus on my career first. This is for both men and women, by the way. This is a gender-neutral book. You see, marriage sanctifies you. You are a selfish, angry person before you get married. In fact, you don't even realize how selfish and angry you are before you get married because you don't have to worry about what other people other people's needs. You're taking care of yourself. When you get married, now at the very minimum, you have to take care of your spouse. And then add kids to the mix and you really have to become selfless because now your life isn't about you, it's about your kids. It's about your kids. And that's a good thing. We are built for marriage. We want somebody who, to, who we can go on trips with. We want someone who we can build memories with. We need someone who we can have sex with that doesn't cause all sorts of crazy health problems and psychological damage. She doesn't really talk about that much. She mostly just focuses on it being a sin and how the world has made an excuse of it. But even if it wasn't a sin, it's still a really stupid idea to not do it or to do it outside of marriage. I've never heard of anyone who's married who said that they wish they had more sex beforehand. But I have heard many who say that they wish they hadn't. That's the, that was in the book. My personal experience, the exact same. I know plenty of people who regret having sex before they found their spouse. They regret giving that away to somebody else. Never heard of anybody being like, "Ah, darn, I've, kind of missed my shot on having sex with other people. Oh well. Next, many men dread marriage, especially in today's age, where there are so many reasons for men not to get married. But if you marry a good woman, they never regret it. We're supposed to be together. It makes us happy. There's this big lie that says you're supposed to be happy single. You're not. We're supposed to be together. I'll be talking about that pretty in depth in one of the episodes. Moving on to the next chapter. This chapter is called Ditch the Hollywood. The Hollywood story is stupid, and you should not try and follow the Hollywood story when looking for a spouse. In the Hollywood story, there's several different types. If you wait long enough, he'll just fall in love with you. Two people meet, and they either fall in love at first sight, or they hate each other at first and then fall in love. Or maybe they just make out. Waiting for Prince Charming, who's handsome and good-looking and successful and charismatic and for some odd reason he's still miraculously single because he's been saved for you that's called a fairy tale doesn't exist especially because let's be honest we're probably not superstars if you're trying to date a superstar and you're kind of just average joe schmo you bought into a hollywood story Actually, that goes right into the next section. Guys, I want a supermodel who leads Bible study. There's nothing wrong with a hottie. In fact, I love talking about how much I want a hottie. In fact, I'm a big victim of this mentality. There's nothing wrong with wanting a hottie. But if your standard is off the charts, you're probably going to be single for a really long time. I can walk into a room filled with hundreds of women, glance around and be absolutely interested in zero of them, purely off of hotness, because my standards are off the chart. Like I said, I'm a victim of this mentality. And so if your standards are ridiculously off the chart, you're probably going to be single for a really long time, especially if you're a six. If you're a six and think you're going to be able to attract a supermodel without doing anything to improve yourself from that said six, you're delusional. However, that's part of the reason why you're listening to this podcast, because you are improving yourself. And of course, guys want a beautiful girl. But it's not just that. We also want them to have other attributes. Because you can't just be a supermodel. She also has to cook and clean and rub my feet when my or le- legs when they're tired, be super sweet, funny, adventurous, stay at home mom, we can have crazy lists too, girls you have insane lists all the time, but guys can have crazy lists too, and then one other tip for the guys, we want to risk little but win big, we want to instead of actually going and pursuing the girls doing the hard work that's needed to become the caliber of guy that you can, so that way you can attract the girls you want, we'd rather just play video games, look at porn watch movies, get that dopamine fix from those instead of actually pursuing. So instead of trying, we're numbing. Girls, she gave two really important things for you to keep in mind. The story of fixing him. Somehow, for some odd reason, most of you have convinced yourselves that you can change a guy, that you can fix him. Like, ah, I really don't like him right now, but I can see what he would be like in the future. So I'm going to make him my personal project and make him into the caliber of husband that I deserve. And that goes into the second one. I deserve a prince because I am a princess. And by the time this episode goes live, I'm sure I've already posted the episode on marry him where it talks really in depth about the princess syndrome. The princess syndrome is a major part of the problem with dating in today's age. Girls that are not worth crap think they deserve a guy who makes $100,000 a year, who's six foot, who's got chiseled abs, is charismatic, funny, and so every other guy out there doesn't stand a chance. You might not be that extreme, but you deserve a prince. Why? Because you are definitely not a princess. Your daddy lied to you. Moving on to the next chapter, why your love life is a mess or doesn't even exist. Five reasons. One, you're waiting for the one. This leads to either decision paralysis or looking back. So you find the one. And you're like, ah, this is perfect. They're the one. And then you get into an argument. I'm like, wait, why are we arguing? This isn't supposed to happen with my soulmate. Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I need to divorce them because my soulmate is supposed to be easy. I'm supposed to get along with them all the time. Nope. And then the other one, the decision paralysis. Well, this girl is great, but so is that one and that one. So which one's the one? I can't decide. Maybe I'll just keep dating them all until I can figure it out. And then they all get kind of mad at you. And then you don't get any of them. So waiting for the one screws up your dating life. There's lots of people who you can build a future with. There's lots of people who you can be madly in love with. There's no such thing as the one. Number two. You're still a kid. Grow up. Work hard. Be mature. Probably your great-grandparents had kids by now. And you're still playing video games, gossiping, getting drunk on the weekends, being a cheapskate on your dates, taking advantage of boys. Quit being lazy. Quit gossiping. Maturity is hot. Number three, you're not dating. You have to give them a chance. If they ask you out, say yes be safe obviously but if there isn't a genuine reason to say no say yes especially if you're struggling to get dates so what if they look a little goofy give them a chance you look a little goofy too and if you ask and if you like somebody ask them number four you have no plan where is this going where are you trying to get to Are you trying to date to marry somebody? Or are you just dating to have hookups and then have a bunch of baby mamas and pay child support the rest of your life? And if you are trying to date to marriage, are you being smart about it? Are you actually taking them on dates? Are you getting to know them? Are you getting to know their family? Living together leads to an increased divorce rate. This is a pretty well-known statistic in anyone in the dating community. And it keeps bad relationships going longer this one's very important. If you move in with somebody and it turns out to be an abusive relationship, it's a whole lot harder to leave that person if you have a contract with a lease or if you moved across the country or even just the fact that it's inconvenient to try and find another place even though they're verbally abusing you every single day. And it can be minor levels of abuse. of, of, of Minor levels of abuse. It doesn't have to be extreme abuse. It just You know this relationship isn't good, but because you're living together, you're sticking it out. Number five, friend relationships. You hang out every day, maybe even cuddle, maybe even kiss, but you're just friends. You have no intention of marriage, and everything is fine until you find somebody who you're actually interested in. So she tells a story about this girl who hung out with this boy every single day. They even just for fun, went and looked at engagement rings. They cuddled and spent all their time with each other. And then one day, the boy asks her, as his friend, what she thinks of this one girl that he's kind of interested into. Obviously, that was kind of a big blow for her. If you don't have a DTR, if you don't talk about the plan of what you are trying to accomplish with this relationship between the two of you, Then you can get into those fuzzy gray zones and somebody gets hurt. Don't do that. Next chapter Are you even marriageable? I did a video or I did an episode about nobody's worth dating. Are you even marriageable? Maybe the fact that you can't find somebody who's willing to marry you is the fact that you are so screwed up and haven't done anything to fix it yet that you're not marriage material. Think of it as a think of it in the analogy of employment. Are you employable? Are, do you have the qualifications needed for the job of marriage? Example, for boys, are you employable? Can you provide for your family? Can you get your house in order? This goes for both of genders. Can you even take care of yourself? Do you have terrible habits? Quit belitt- belittling your potential partners. Nobody wants to marry somebody who belittles them. This goes for both guys and girls. Quit talking down to people. Here are seven things to do to get your house in order. One, make sure Christ is the most important relationship. Relationships just don't function as well. Two, find a church, a local church. You're, you need to be integrated into part of the community. Three, take responsibility for yourself. Four, lead where you are. There are people around you right now, who you are setting an example to. There's people that you don't even know yet who are watching you. Five, love the people you have. How are you supposed to love and cherish your spouse if you can't even love and cherish your annoying roommate or your mom? Six, actively pursue marriage. Marriage just doesn't happen, you have to pursue it. Seven, get control of your bad habits and especially your addictions. Quit watching porn, quit reading steamy books. It screws up your brain and you're not going to be marriage material. Women, do you want to be the boss? Do you always want to be the boss? Do you want to be responsible for decision-making for your entire relationship? The answer is probably no. So don't try to be the boss when you're dating. Your habits continue over in marriage. Nothing really changes between the habits you have when you're dating and once you're married married if you are bossy when you're dating you're going to be bossy when you're married and sure you can probably find a guy who will put up with you bossing them around and you can bend their arm into marrying you but they'll probably resent you for quite a while and then you eventually will get sick and tired of having to boss them around because it's kind of annoying and then you guys are both kind of screwed because you resent him because you have to boss him around and he resents you because you're bossing him around So, if you don't want to be the boss, don't be bossy. Don't belittle or criticize your partner when dating. Habits continue. You have to seek marriage. Ask people out on dates. Go places where you have a chance of meeting somebody. I go to swing dancing religiously every Tuesday to make sure that I'm somewhere where I can meet people. And then while you're still prepping for marriage... Make your list. Shrink that list down to five. We all have our crazy lists. Shrink it down to five. Okay, moving on. Next chapter. So how do I actually start dating? Gentlemen, actually ask her on a actual date. You're not hanging out. You are using the word date. You are making your intentions clear. Ladies, make it easy for a guy to ask. Be out in social settings. Go places where you can meet people. Be accessible. Don't always go with your giant group of friends. Yes, I know it you have a sense of security by going with your friends. I understand that. But if you're buried behind a wall of friends, how is the guy supposed to approach you and ask you to dance or talk or out on a date? Go with your friends. Step to the side. Have open body language. Smile. Make it easy for the guy to approach you cuz approaching strangers is scary. If your back is facing away from the crowd, he's not going to be able to approach you. So make it easy for him to approach. Gentlemen, go approach. Approach, approach, approach. And communication's important. Be clear. Be clear about your intentions. Be kind, especially when you're saying no, and be blunt. If you're not interested, tell them you're not interested. Don't tell them that, don't give them your number. I've had so many women who have given me their number simply because they don't know how to say no. They're not at all interested in me, and they give me their number, and then don't ever respond. It's freaking annoying. It's freaking aggravating, and it's depressing. It's mean, ladies. Gentlemen, if she says no, it means no. It's not a personal insult on your manhood. It's just that she's not interested in you for some reason. Next chapter, getting your numbers up. Take advantage of college. Critical mass. Move somewhere where there's a lot of single people for you to meet. That's why, even though I am very much opposed to college, as my veteran listeners are aware, I live in a college town. I am here to meet college girls. Because there's a critical mass, so there's a lot of women for me to meet and possibly find someone who I will enjoy. Be willing to be set up. You're not doing so hot. Maybe let your friends have a crack at it. Find a church, part of the community. Volunteer for community things. Be social. Shake it up. So all these are going out to places where you can meet people. And then the last one, shake it up you go to the same place over and over and over again i've been going to swing dancing religiously over and over and over again sometimes go, you might need to go to a different town and go to social events there meet new friends make new friend groups so that way you can be introduced to new people so that way you can shake it up and possibly find someone you're interested in next she talks about online dating and she says online dating is a tool not a crutch and her one big tip that I got from that one is only, only match with people, only talk to people online You have an actual chance of meeting them in person. Take your profile seriously. Communicate properly. What is your intentions? Be kind. Use common sense. There's still people. Sure, you don't see their face at this exact moment. There's still people. You can still hurt them. And then bow out gracefully if you're not interested. Don't ghost them. Tell them you're not interested and then always trust god next chapter is changing the tone a little bit it's okay to mourn being single sucks it's okay to not feel good enough you've been rejected a million times of course you're not going to feel like you're good enough and here's the thing even if you do everything you're still not guaranteed to find marriage there are still plenty of quality people who are single their entire lives It's okay to grieve. It's okay to grieve over failed marriages. It's okay to grieve that you're still single. And then on the flip note, moving on to the next chapter. Since you're single, don't just put your paws on hold. The chapter's title is Live a Little. Do not wait to hang your pictures. She tells a story about a lady who moved into her apartment years ago and still hasn't hung her pictures on her wall because she's waiting because she doesn't want to settle in because she's waiting she can get married and start her life with her husband. So don't just wait. Do stuff. Enjoy, try to enjoy life even though you're still miserably single. Now here's some single awesomeness traits that you get solely because you're single. You own your time. You don't have to share it with somebody. You can do what you want. You can buy what you want. You have control of your money. You can go on a trip. You can go on a cruise anytime you gosh darn please. You can take a lazy day any time you want, and you can have as much time as you want to relax and reflect. Married people have to sacrifice for their spouse, and they especially have to sacrifice for their kids. Plus, you have lots of time to serve and work on projects and anything else that you want to do. These aren't consolation prizes. They're genuine perks. Okay, two more chapters, and both of them I have really short notes on. Next chapter is God is Sovereign. You're not the boss. He has a plan, and it's not bad to be single. And it's not a punishment to be single. You didn't do anything wrong, and that's why you're single. He just has a specific plan for you, and you need to trust him. Something that I struggle with very much. And then the last chapter. This chapter is written for the non-single people about dealing with single people. They're not children. Invite them to the grown-up table. Parents do not overcoddle your kids to the point that they can't function as an adult. Are they marriageable material be- or are they not marriageable material because you coddled them so much that they are a worthless partner? And this one especially for mothers, when your child does find someone, your turn's done. They belong to their spouse now. You need to butt out. You can still give advice. You can still be a part of their life, but they don't belong to you anymore. They belong to their spouse. Anyway, I have a feeling that this episode was a little saucy, even though the book was not whatsoever. I'm just in a saucy mood. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this book review. I quite enjoyed this book. It's not a super long read, but it's it's a good read. And with that, I will see you all next week.